We're back. We're back. <laughs> you didn't get rid of us that easily. Aha. Aha. The it's Ryan and Alan. And we just finished talking about the different types of boats. Mm -hmm. uh, and we figured after boats, we might as well move on to kind of the river gear. Talk about some gear. Yeah, you could, I mean, I suppose you could kayak with just a kayak, but it probably helped to have some other things, right? Probably so. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, the kayak does not exist within a vacuum. Yeah. So you need other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite, quite, it's another gear rabbit hole, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So um, there's a lot to gear. There can be a lot of pieces. There can be a lot of pieces of gear. But one thing I like about, about kayaking is that really the gear is pretty, at the end of the day, it's all pretty simple yep. gear. You don't have to rely on anything being powered. You don't have to refuel anything. Yep. Nothing really has moving parts. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I beyond like a zipper maybe on your life jacket or a True, buckle. Which I actually need to fix on mine. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you, you were telling me, uh, Ryan, that you have a, um, you have a mental checklist. Yeah. What's almost, your mental checklist? It's almost like a mantra. And honestly, I was telling Alan earlier that I'd... Like, going out to the grocery store, I'd be like, oh, what do I need to take with me? And I'll be like, ah, skirt, paddle, PFD, helmet, boat. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense going to the grocery store. But every time I leave to go whitewater kayaking, it's like the five essentials mm -hmm. to being able to kayak. We're, we're going to add a sixth in there because in Colorado you need, like, warm stuff. Yep. Um, but basically, I'll start in that order. Um, in my order, it's just no particular order, just the way I happen to have said it in my head for forever. There you go. Um, uh, is, so the first item that we need to go kayaking is a skirt. And can you kind of describe a skirt to me? What is a kayaking skirt? Oh. What does it look like? Okay. Um, it is a... It's a neoprene item, yep. so it's kind of a stretchy rubber that uh, yep. doesn't same, let water through. Same stuff that wetsuits are made out yeah, of. Yeah, like your wetsuit material. Uh -huh. yeah. So the skirt is going to have a oval or an egg-shaped, uh, larger flat piece uh -huh. with a, a band around the edge of it, yep. of one, one type or another. And yep. that's what interfaces with the kayak itself. Mm -hmm. And seals over the cockpit hole that allows you to get in and out of the kayak. And that shape so it kind of seals you in. Yeah, and mm -hmm. that shape is probably why it's called a skirt, right? Well, it's called a, I think it's called a skirt because you wear it like a skirt. True. So the other half of it that I hadn't gotten to yet yeah. was that um, in this egg-shaped part that fits on the kayak, you have a, there's another hole in it. And that is where your body goes. That's where your belly goes. That's where your belly goes. <laughs> and it's got a, uh, what's called a tunnel, uh -huh. which is just a tube that sticks up off of the skirt. And that goes around your waist, kind of yeah. like a girdle. Yep. Right? And so you put it on, and so you get it up to your waist with that girdle kind of on your over your tummy. Uh -huh. And, um, yeah, it kind of hangs there off your body like a skirt. Yeah. Yeah, just to make it awkward for people, I usually tell them to pull it up to their nipples. Because that's about how high the top of the skirt should be. 
Yeah, a little bit lower than they're that, about. Yeah. Bottom of your pecs, bottom of your boobs, wherever you wherever you land. Yeah, something about about that. Yeah, and that tunnel and that skirt help keep mm -hmm. all the water out of your kayak. Exactly, um, and that's kind of the biggest part with new kayakers who who feel that they're trapped in their boat. Mm, is yes. it's that skirt because they're wearing it, yep. and it's kind of tight because yeah. they try to keep the water out, and it's also has this big rubber rand around it that you're that you've snapped onto your boat. And so it feels very much like it's holding you in your boat. Yeah. But it has a grab loop on it, which is like your ejector button. Yep. Um, so it, it actually comes off the boat yep. very easily and very quickly. And yeah. so when you want to come out of the boat in a hurry, um, it's really not a problem. Yep. And even if you don't have that, uh, if you don't have that pull tab available, that ejector loop Alan mm -hmm. was talking about, you can just push yourself right out of the kayak. You really, you can, Take you can. Take your legs and pop right out. I can, but um, I, I want to, I want to say that every skirt's going to have a, a grab handle or a grab loop on the front of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you always, always, always want to make sure that you, when you put it on the kayak, that that grab handle or that loop, that piece of material, is easily accessible yep. and it's not tucked underneath the skirt and 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 held underneath the you know in the skirt yeah um you want to be able to grab that yeah. and that's just kind of it's one of those things where you know even if i'm in a hurry and i'm trying to get on the water and like meet up with people or everyone's waiting on me if i put my skirt on too fast yeah. and for whatever reason that's tucked inside that's a full stop yep and i always reset and always fix out. it yep yep um I feel like we should add a disclaimer at this point about this, like not being like it's good advice, but like also you shouldn't. You should go get professional you instruction. Should, you should is what we're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. This is not a substitute yes. for for correct professional instruction. Thank this you. Is That's just, what I was looking for. <laughs> yep. This is just talking about I think some salient points to yes. to help put things in context. So anyway, a skirt helps keep water out of the boat. Yep. Bottom line. Yep. Black piece. Pulls up to your chest mm -hmm. and um, is integral to kayaking. So the next thing on what my you got next is the paddle. Okay, which I think most people really associate with kayaking. Although some people call them oars. Uh, what other words have Not you heard correct. for a paddle? Oh God, uh, I've heard people call kayak paddles. That might just be it. Yeah, oars. Yeah. I feel like there was something else I've heard, I so too. but but uh, none of that is correct. Yep. It is a paddle. What makes it a paddle, and what makes it a whitewater paddle? Well, um, it's a it's a kayak paddle specifically because it is it's two blades right connected by a shaft. Right. And um, I should say what makes it. What defines it as different than an oar yeah. is that an oar uses a fulcrum point. Right. There's some part on the boat that that oar interfaces with, and, yep. and you use it like a lever. Yeah. Um, that's not the case with a paddle. You're holding the whole thing, yep. and it's totally independent of the boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was that your question? <laughs> kind of, yeah. So basic kayak paddle is... I mean, if you were looking at it, it looks like a stick with two like big 
things on the side, yep. on each side, that you can use to propel yourself through mm -hmm. the water. Um, what specifically makes a whitewater kayak paddle? Yeah, so a whitewater kayak versus like a, a paddle that you would, you would find for a wreck boat or a lake kayak. Uh -huh. That whitewater paddle is going to be um, usually shorter because the boats we're in are shorter. Narrower, and narrower, shorter. and this yep. is again, you know, compared to like a wreck boat that you would find at a big box store like Walmart. Or yeah, something. or if you went and like paddle on a lake or something. like exactly. that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's a, usually a little bit more compact. Yep. Um, it's going to have a really, I'm going to say, intelligently designed blade. Yeah. That's so a good that way to put it. yeah, so that it, so that the blade, when you're using the the paddle in the correct position it's going to catch the water in a very even way yeah. and feel very nice and smooth yeah right yeah. and because and, what you're trying to do with that you know your your body is generating power mm -hmm. and so that's what's connecting the the power that your body is generating to the water yeah right and then that's connecting back through your paddle and your body back into the boat and propelling the boat right yeah makes so you want forward. all that yeah so you want all that blade surface area to work efficiently for you yeah so that's that's well designed um that's yeah kind of did if, you have something else in mind i have one other question on paddles just if you're a beginner paddler um what kind of paddle are you looking for uh mm -hmm. i don't know we there's about a million different ways we could get into offset and length and you can pretty much mm -hmm. find all that information relevant to your height at, on charts and stuff but like mm -hmm. is there a specific sort of paddle you should start with um if you're starting out don't think that you need a, a very expensive one yes um there's a whole universe of paddles out there and they'll you know if we're talking about new paddles uh -huh. that you're going to buy at your local gear store yep. you can range from 150 bucks yep um with, that's going to be you know cut like a whitewater paddle it's it might be a might feel a little bit heavier mm -hmm. um and then you can move up to a 550 dollars carbon kevlar yeah. composite paddle that's yeah. made for racing and is amazing yeah you know that really only dane jackson owns yeah. <laughs> um and maybe alan well i do like nice things yes, ryan yes um but no the point point being is uh you know your paddle when you're when you're learning when it's new it's going to take a lot of abuse yeah uh you're going to use it like a walking stick when you're stumbling over the rocks uh carrying your boat you're going to uh use it to help brace the boat on the on the shore when you're mm -hmm. getting in and out yep um you're going to just be paddling along in shallow water and bonk it and boink it on rocks all the time yep um so you want something that is uh super sturdy and you're not going to cry about if you bang it up as right. you're learning. And yeah. I think that's perfectly appropriate. Yeah. So bottom lines are you want one that fits you mm -hmm. and that isn't going to break the bank. Yep. Yep. And it should be whitewater specific. And it should I be, guess. it should be whitewater specific. Yep. Otherwise you're just doing yourself a disservice. Yes. Um, yeah. And in terms of fit, uh, they come in, what we're talking about with fit is, is the length. Yes. So, that's so good point. the fit doesn't really change the size and shape of the blade. Correct. Those are minor variations over different styles and models. Yep. But the fit is the length of the paddle shaft between yep. the two blades. And, you know, taller people with a longer wingspan 
you're going to just have a longer right. a longer paddle. Right. Um, and that's pretty. That's really easy to dial in. Um, yep. The companies usually have a pretty good kind of rubric for like, well, if you're this tall, yep. you know, you want to usually go for this size length. And, chart. And, and it's one of those things where the the more you paddle, the more you get comfortable with it. Um, the more you will find your own perfect right. um, zone zone of, of size length that yep. it feels right. Yeah. Perfect. I feel like for kind of intro to kayaking, that's a sums up paddles pretty well. Yeah, there you go. So we've talked about the boat so far. Uh, the we talked about the skirt, the paddle. The next thing on my mental checklist every time I run out the door, even if it's the, even if it's to the grocery store, <laughs> is a PFD mm-hmm. or a life jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of PFDs do do you use on white water? Well, I'll use a whitewater-specific PFD. Should we leave it there? Yeah, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's pretty much all you need to know. You shouldn't go to Walmart and buy a life jacket there. You shouldn't use the life jacket you wear wakeboarding. Yep. Uh, you need a whitewater-specific PFD. Yep. And they come in all kinds of styles and colors. Yep. All kinds of different pockets. Yep. Right? Uh, but what makes it a whitewater PFD is that it has a, a particular range of buoyancy, mm-hmm. which we don't really need to get into. Nope. Um, and it has a particular fit where it's that allows the fit allows it to be highly adjustable. Yeah. So you can really get it to fit your body appropriately. So right. it doesn't it doesn't ride up and float off of you mm-hmm. um, when you're swimming in white water. Right. And one of the what I always like to point out as one of the major primary features of a whitewater-specific PFD is that there is an adjustment strap yep. on the very the lowest part of the PFD where there is no padding between the strap and your body. Yep. And you can cinch that down, and that kind of cups and hugs kind of underneath your rib cage. Yep. And that's what keeps it low and keeps it on the right spot on your body when you go for a swim. Yep. I guess the only other thing I'd want to add to that is uh, I think a lot of people wear life jackets as like, a, oh, I just kind of have to wear this because I'm on this boat and it's annoying. And in and, and whitewater, it's really integral to mm-hmm. your, your being. Like it becomes part of you and yep. you want it to be tight. You don't want it to be uncomfortably tight, but it's not something that's like an accessory like it's it's necessary and it's there and it's important it's doing it a job and it should be well fitted and connected to you right and your pfd or your life jacket is one of two pieces of gear that i refer to as being always on or always off yep and so what i mean by that is when you put your life jacket on you're going to have to well when you take it off you're going to have to loosen some straps yep and then when you put it back on you always want to tighten everything back up yep and be ready for it to be used. Yeah. Or you're not wearing it. Yep. It doesn't count if it's not tight. Pretty much. Yeah. That's like what that. I got. Cool. So, yeah. And then uh, that was a perfect segue because you said the other always on uh, piece of gear, uh, which is the last gear, piece of gear on my like essentials list, is the helmet. Mm-hmm. And um, we wear kayaks or we wear kayaks yeah we do that too we do wear kayaks. we wear helmets whitewater kayaking <laughs> um 
I was going to say mostly to avoid getting hit in the face with a paddle, which is somewhat true. It's not <laughs> um, incorrect. But also, uh, part of kayaking is getting flipped over, and you have the potential of hitting your head on the bottom of the river. Mm -hmm. um, so having a helmet is a really important part of your whitewater kayaking gear. Mm -hmm. And um, can you tell me more, a little bit more about some whitewater helmets and why you should specifically get a whitewater helmet and not use your BMX helmet from third grade? Sure. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this. So yeah. um, the, 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 type of the type of helmet that is not appropriate for a river that you often see people using is what? A bike helmet. A bike helmet. Yep. What is a bike helmet made out of? Foam. Foam. So how is that helmet supposed to work? It's supposed to take an impact, protect you from that impact, and it absorbs all that by like squishing the foam, which makes it not good for the next impact. Right, and maybe even the, the foam breaks yeah. before your cranium does. Right. Right? Does it, that's how it dissipates the energy of the impact. Right. So it breaks. Yep. Um, when you're biking... If you take a big crash and you hit your head, um, you're—I mean, unless you're falling down a cliff, right? You're that—that that incident is pretty much over and done with. Yes. In a whitewater situation, you might be taking a kind of a long swim. Yeah. And um, you might be in a situation where if you hit your head once, you kind of keep hitting—you know—you might potentially keep hitting your head. Yep. Um, and so a whitewater helmet is different from a bike helmet in that it's made with a, um, an impact-resistant shell yep. and then padding on the inside. Yeah. So there's nothing that's going to take an impact and break. Right. It's, it's going to just keep taking those repeated impacts. Yeah. So your bike helmet is designed to take one high-impact, high-speed impact. Yeah. Your, your whitewater helmet is, is designed to take multiple impacts at a lower speed, right. but from multiple different directions. Yep. And so it's also cut in a way where it sits lower across your head. That's true. And covers your temples. Yep. And covers the lower down on the back of your head. Yeah. So true. you can take impacts from multiple, and your forehead. So you can take multiple directions. Yeah. There you go. The primary feature of your helmet, apart from everything I just said, is the chin strap that holds it onto your head. Because yep. um, if I put a helmet on my head and I do not buckle it in place with that chin strap and get that fitted correctly, uh, what do you think I'm wearing? A hat. A really expensive hat. A very expensive hat. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's always on or always off. If I put that helmet on my head, I go ahead and clip it. Uh, clip it done, get it adjusted correctly, and um, I know it's going to work for me. Yeah, um, I might be—I might have made this up, but I feel like the other—I feel like I've heard that the other feature of a whitewater helmet is when you flip over in water, it is meant to stay on your head because if you are in some sort of current that could possibly pull your helmet off, and the way that it fastens to the back of your head with mm -hmm. the occipital strap basically sits under the bone the bony part of the back of your head keeps mm -hmm. it from kind of coming off is that true it is yeah. um yeah so the uh 
and a bike helmet might not do that. The bike helmet may not do that. Though I've seen some, like my bike helmet has a occipital strap that's on true. it. I guess mine does it as well. pretty well. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a newer development though, I think. I think so as um, well. And so that's primarily in place to prevent your helmet from sliding back and yes. exposing your forehead. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, a good helmet that's fitted correctly, you can, it's comfortable. You can adjust that occipital strap yeah. to kind of snug it in place. And then without clipping the chin strap, uh, you should be able then to actually bend over like you're going to touch your toes and it's still going to stay on your head. Right. Right? I mean, if you like wiggle your head, yeah. maybe you can get it to come off, but it's going to basically stay on your head. Right. Um, and then once you clip your chin strap and have that adjusted correctly, then theoretically it's not going anywhere right. when you go for a swim. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's so that's the important reasons why you should get a whitewater helmet as opposed to wearing your bike helmet on the river. Totally. Cool. So those are my five essentials. And then we're going to go ahead and throw mm -hmm. a sixth in there. Um, and there's like probably 70 more after that, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one we're going to talk about is just kind of, um, I, I think I might let you kind of introduce it. Okay. Uh, I think you're talking about the dry top Yeah. or your, some kind of elemental protection. Yeah. Like a layering system. Yep. Uh, dry top is the integral part of that, but yeah. yeah, keeping warm. Keeping warm. Yeah. And I, that's a, that's a really important piece. I mean, you know, we live here in Colorado where the water is typically very cold yes. most of the time. Yep. And, um, you know, you can have this whole checklist of gear. Mm -hmm. And if you get to the river and you don't have your dry top or your dry suit, can't paddle. you still can't go boating. Nope. Because um, it's just too cold. Or you could, get... but you could only do about 100 feet. Yeah, exactly. Fingers would be, everything would be frozen. Everything would be frozen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, exactly. So uh, you always want to think about some kind of... Um, layering system that includes uh non-cotton you know fleece pile yep. right that is going to keep you warm yep and then on top of that you have a, a dry top or a dry suit which is just a garment that um is going to keep the water off of you and basically keep all those layers that you're wearing dry yeah and so they'll do their job and it's gonna further be designed in such a way that it's going to integrate and work underneath your your uh, life jacket. Mm -hmm. And it's usually going to have a, a tunnel system, which is kind of a um, around the waist. There's kind of an inner tunnel and an outer tunnel yeah. that that spray skirt that we were talking about before can interface with and, and do a good job of keeping the water out. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because I'll wear like a nice warm layer of... Mm -hmm clothing under it and it won't be wet yeah it, it won't be wet if all my gear is functioning property properly right it won't be wet right after i finish boating even right. though you've been getting splashed and all that stuff and it, i i want to take a quick stab at a brief explanation of a dry top but basically it's like a rain jacket with gaskets around the wrists and the neck mm -hmm. that keeps the water out yep more or less yeah those gaskets are very like fancy versions very fancy but yes. yeah um yeah, those gaskets are basically just like kind of tight, um, latex, thick latex cuffs yeah. that you put your hands that, you know, fit on your wrist 
and around your neck um, that make a seal yeah. to keep the water out. Yeah. Do you feel like that kind of covers the... Uh, I think so. You know, we can go... The kayaking gear. I think so. You know, there's a whole list of other stuff that you oh, need yeah. too, like appropriate shoes and, you know, uh, auxiliary gear and like things on the side and all this stuff, but... Dry bags, safety gear, yeah. carabiners. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. That's a whole other class. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> yep. Um, but no, I think that I think that covers it, right? Yeah. So you've got your your skirt yep. and your paddle. Yep. You've got your PFD and your helmet. Mm-hmm. You've got your boat, which we covered. Yep. Um, and then some way to protect your body from the elements while yep. you're out there doing all that stuff. Dry top, stay warm, something like that. Yep. Cool. So... That's kind of the kayaking part of whitewater kayaking. Mm-hmm. Um, we also wanted to kind of dive in and take a bit of a stab at the whitewater part of whitewater kayaking. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take a brief uh, second to reset real quick? Or I don't I'm... know how much time we got. Um, yeah, let's reset real quick. Okay. So we're going to uh, restart the camera and come back. Okay. <laughs> Do some editing. Yes. And it's an animal that's a fantasy, and we really ought to lose.